0: Podcast Episode Two This is the Anthony Presotto Business Insider, 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 podcast. Insider Podcast.
1: The podcast devoted to giving you the right advice to help take your salon business to the next level. It doesn't matter if you are an industry veteran or a new salon owner ready to open your doors for the first time. The Business Insider podcast shares entertaining stories along with practical tips and interviews with other salon owners all aimed at helping you take your salon from surviving to thriving. And now, here is your host, Anthony Frizzotto.
0: Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the second episode of Business Insider. Now, you may have noticed we've had a slight change of name since the last episode. That's because we were advised by a company out there with a similar program uh, within the same industry that they had been using the name first, and they didn't like us using it. So to keep things simple, I changed the name of the podcast to Business Insider, and I think that gives us a little bit more scope in what we can talk about than Profit or Perish. So, I have my friend Steve Winder with us today. Steve's a hairdresser from the UK who now resides here in Australia, and we're going to talk a bit today about a program Steve's involved with called Fantastic Hairdresser and a little bit about Steve's history. So, Steve, tell us about you personally, because we want to get to know you, and then give us an overview of your business.
1: Okay, and well, I've got quite a long story, but essentially I started hairdressing in 1980 and did a, a full apprenticeship for three years. Um, and then I became a busy stylist and, and I worked on the salon floor um, for a um, salon group over in uh, the UK. Um, I soon then became the training manager and teaching hairdressing skills, colouring, and communication skills. And along that journey, I started to enter um, different types of competitions. And um, actually becoming very successful with those, and on one, for example, the L'Oreal um, student colouring student of the year, um, and that then led me on to becoming a um, an educator up at L'Oreal, and I run a course called the Complete Hairdresser, and this was essentially a course which we um, we taught hairdressers things they might have missed along the way, so whether it be hair up. It might have been um, particular haircuts. It might have been just finishing skills. And that I did for about four years. And then um, I moved on from there and was asked to become, which was uh, not so trendy now but very trendy then, uh, UK um, Perm Ambassador for L'Oreal along with um, a guy called Guy Kramer. And um, that I did for a couple of years and we went around um salons and um, booked hotels and did demonstrations on on perming and and just trying to teach people different ways to perm hair so that was that was really good fun Um, on the way I then became a judge for um, National Hair Federation and uh, started judging competitions for those because the salon group that I was working for was very very active and the salon owner um, Simon Harris from Headlines. He was very active in the um, in that sort of arena. So, being a manager and a trainer, educator within the salon, and doing stuff with him in London, um, I soon went on to doing things there. Um, then, uh, after that, um, after doing sort of shows and uh, you know expo, uh, the expo in London and things, I went on then to leave the salon that I was with and open my own salon. So um, I grew that salon from one salon to five, but not, not all at the same time. I had um, essentially three salons at one time, but um, I've actually had five salons. And uh, when we had the three salons, we, we was employing over 60-odd staff. And um, that was very interesting because, A, you know when you go from a very small salon and then into a much bigger salon – and and then the dynamics change when you've got so many people you find yourself being pulled off the shop floor so I learned lots and lots of things about that I also learned lots of things about controlling money and I've also had you know had some some major issues with that in in the early days um, and uh, and to be honest you know all the way through it's never been you know, plain sailing. And I think that's one of the reasons that I've got so much experience because I can speak from having a very successful salon. And I can also speak from having one that, that didn't work at all. So that gives you lots of uh, sort of, you know, background, if you like. And then I got involved with um, the Department of Trade and Industry over the UK in a study um, called Work Life Balance, where we looked at could we get a team of people together and, um, have things like uh, working mothers uh, and women working uh, returning to work and be flexible with their hours so that they could still look after the kids, they could have the school holidays off, um, go to different um, arrangements between school holidays and term times and um, allow employees to meet domestic commitments uh, as well as social engagements. So we, we tried this plan and we planned out, we put lots of things in place and um, that worked very, very successfully, and that's documented uh, documented in the uh, trading industry. They have like a booklet, and they, they did a sort of special on us. Um, so you can read all about that in there. Um, and, yeah, so essentially I suppose that then led me on to, um, because of some of the training that i had had, on to working with a fantastic hairdresser and then um, becoming um, very involved with fantastic Hairdress. I actually started doing some of the courses along with Alan and Austin Smith, and and it's probably that journey that then led me to uh, emigrate into Australia.
0: Awesome! That is a diverse background you have there.
1: Yes, yeah, um, <laughs> it is diverse, and it's um, I've condensed it a bit there because I have had quite a quite a journey, uh, a very interesting one, you know, and. Um, that uh, maybe we could share on one of these because I think there's lots of things that people could learn from my successes and also some of my mistakes because I've had some big mistakes as well.
0: Well, that's what we're all about here at Business Insider. It's sharing experiences so that people in our industry can learn from our mistakes and our successes. So could you maybe just quickly share something pivotal that you could attribute to your success?
1: Yeah, I think... um, one of the things that happened to me uh, many years ago was that, um, if you imagine, I've come into work one Monday morning and uh, I had quite a large desk and I was sitting down at my desk and it had one of those, you know, one of those old-fashioned desks with the green leather tops or the gold embossed mm. thing in it. I sat there uh, one morning, I was just doing some paperwork and there was there was a knock at the door and um, I said, hi, come in, and uh, one of the team come in, followed by a queue of eight behind her and they all handed their notice in one by one. Wow. Yeah. So I had a team of, uh, including me, there was uh, ten um, and eight, eight of them handed their notice in. And essentially the reason they was doing that was I'd, I'd bought into that business or I'd taken over that business from somebody else um, and what they had done is they decided that they would open a salon down the road and the um, the actual contracts of employment were doctored so there wasn't a, a radius clause, and uh, literally they they opened the sal- uh, they opened a salon about about 500 meters down the road. Um, so when people say to me, you know, they, they panic and they say, "Oh my god, I've just had a team member leave." It's just to me, it's just like you want to try eight leaving at the same time. And <laughs> yeah, and yeah that's a blow. That. Yeah, but we did get through it. And but the thing. Um, Two things that I learned from that. One was that um when I took the business over, we changed the Color House. So that, in a way, put me in control because I worked with L'Oreal so closely. I knew L'Oreal inside out. So I got to know all the clients because I was changing them from the Color House they were before over to L'Oreal. So straight away, that that gave me a little bit of control for the business, you know. Um, because at that time we didn't really have the sort of management systems that we've got in place now, but that still worked. So we did that, um, and the other thing that I learned was that it's so important to have an ongoing recruitment plan. So don't try and recruit when you th- you know when you need someone. Recruit all the time so that you've always got a list. So if anyone ever leaves, you can just pick up the phone. And you've already interviewed somebody, you already like them and you can get them to start the following day.
0: That is an absolute genius piece of advice.
1: Yeah, something that um, you know I, I always encourage people to do to make sure that you have a ongoing recruitment plan because you never, ever know you know what's coming around the corner. And, and as a salon owner being in that position, you know when you have your whole team walk out, um, I wish I'd had a list then. because oh, I pizza, certainly bet. You know, yeah, because it took me several months then to um, pull everything around. You know, obviously we lost clients, but we we did have a lot of the clients come back again because they loved the way their hair was coloured. But we did for a time have a situation where um, we just couldn't accommodate because I was so busy and, and my stylist Amanda was so busy that um, we just couldn't take on that amount of clients until we would build up again.
0: For sure. Now, Do you have a quote, Steve, that you could share with us that sums up your business philosophy and how have you applied it to your life?
1: Yeah, I think very much um, I follow the fantastic hairdresser um, rule of thumb and that that is that 50% of what you do as a hairdresser or in actual fact of any job has got nothing to do with your job. So 50% of a fantastic hairdresser has got nothing to do with tint bowl, brushes, It's to do with the other stuff. It's to do with how you are as a person and how you communicate with your clients um, and colleagues. So that's one of the things I think for me is a golden rule that I always, always stick to.
0: Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant advice.
1: So you've
0: talked a bit about Fantastic Hairdresser. Tell us a bit more about Fantastic Hairdresser in Australia, which is what brought you to Australia. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay. Well, it started, um, as I was saying earlier, that um, I was working with alongside Alan Austin-Smith on some of the courses, and uh, there's a particular course called the um, Fantastic Hairdresser Academy, and uh, being the fantastic ambassador, So we was um, working on that program and I used to take part of the group because we'd have about 30 in a group. So Alan would do a talk with um, the guys explaining some of the concepts and then I would take the other group into another room and then break it down, the more technical stuff, and just work with them um, with regards to some of the communication skills and and some of the things that we was teaching. Because essentially what we we were doing was we was making – um, key people in salons, ambassadors, fantastic ambassadors for the salon. So we would deliver the training to them in a way that we would train them to deliver the training, if that makes sense.
0: Yep, sure. Yeah, sure.
1: So that they could go back into the salon and then train the team. So it was it was a fantastic course. It, it still goes on. Um, it's a two-year course, um, but it's looking at um, – th- not he's looking at the the concept but also the way that they deliver it to the team so that they can get the you know the team excited and stuff anyway we um the fantastic hairdresser grew very quickly and we opened an academy in london um in chiswick and that's done exceptionally well we opened a, a small um well a hairdressing salon and an actual academy so we've got business school and a hairdressing salon. Um, and we run business courses and training and also uh, 100% hairdresser days in that business center um, now I spoke to Alan myself and Alan go back a long way and we're, we're very very close friends and um, fantastic Hairdressers is, is obviously Alan's baby but I said to Alan you know look I'm thinking of moving to Australia I really want to take the fantastic hairdresser over to Australia and bless him he said to me he said well if there's anyone that's going to do it he said you're probably the person to do it and to take it over to Australia and and, and I know what he, he thinks of the fantastic hairdresser and how much that's part of his life and uh, so I was very honoured and um, uh, to get the sort of fantastic hairdresser Australia off to a, a really good start so once we um, We'd got that, then we, uh, myself and my wife and kids, we we moved over to Australia, uh, which was, what, um, not quite two years ago at the time of this recording, so about about 18, 19 months, and that's when I met you, Anthony.
0: Yes, I I remember getting a, I think it was a Facebook message from you saying, hey, uh, I'm coming. (laughs) Is there any any work there?
1: And it's like, yeah,
0: sure, not a problem. And (laughs) luck had it that you moved within like 10 kilometres of where I lived. Mm. And, yeah, we met up. And, of course, we've had a lot of things grow since then. We've had the Salon Success Clubhouse, which we do with two other business coaches. Uh, We now produce an international magazine that's delivered digitally online. Uh, And we've just got so much stuff going on.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah, tons of stuff. I mean, really, if you think, uh, you know, I look at my journey and and our journey, um, you know, moving to Australia, the minute I got to Australia, um, I was doing some business coaching. I was coaching somebody in in Brisbane, in uh, actually the West End of Brisbane, and uh, then become partner in that salon. We then eventually sold that. I moved up to the um, Sunshine Coast, Um, just really a lot more of a lifestyle decision. And um, then bought a, a salon up in the Sunshine Coast, which uh, I now work in because I, you know, still I still wanted to work in the hairdressing industry. So, you know, um, doing hair. So uh, we opened that. That's gone very well. And as you say, we created the the uh, So magazine, which is now classed as you know one of the top world's top hairdressing magazines. Um, and we've got lots and lots of. Um, testimonials from some just incredible people talking about our magazine, which I'm just so touched by. Um, so that in itself, you know, two salons and uh, a magazine and the clubhouse, um, so TV, you know, it's, and, and it's not and even it's, two years yet.
0: it's only been 18 months. It's incredible. <laughs> Absolutely. What's yeah. going to happen in five? Yeah. And for everybody listening, uh, you can find the magazine at Uh I'll put links in the show notes so that you can just go there and click and go straight to the magazine. Now, the fantastic hairdresser in Australia also has a product that people can buy if they're in Australia or anywhere in the world. It's uh, a video series that I've had a chance to have a bit of a look at, and I think it's absolutely fantastic. Can you tell us a bit more about that?
1: Yeah, sure. We've got, um, we've got the, we, we used to run a training seminar um, that again run over a, a year and that was called the Fantastic Salon. And the Fantastic Salon then turned into a book. Um, so we've got uh, five books. We've got the Fantastic Hairdresser. We've got the Fantastic Boss. We've got the Fantastic Salon. We've got um, Fantastic And we've also um, created a a product called Fantastic Hairdresser in a Box. And that's essentially um, we found that when we spoke to salon owners and, and, you know, you deliver this training to them, the problem is most salon owners don't seem to have the time to prepare for a training session so that they can deliver this stuff into the salon. So Alan come up with a concept that was all about um, creating training sessions. So there's actually 20 training sessions in there, so well well enough really for two years. There's 20 training sessions in there where there's um, a topic and a DVD, so you can put the DVD in, you can watch um, the DVD, and then that will deliver a, a message and also a question. And then you as a salon owner or a manager can then literally take a back seat and just deliver this training um, by playing a DVD, allowing them to watch it and then just asking them, well, what do you think, guys? You know, and there's exercises and things so that there's a, a really strong foundation for a fantastic training session stroke staff meeting rather than, you know, the typical staff meeting, which which is get everybody together and bollock them.
0: It's um, very hard for salon owners, uh, usually time pressed, to create a a training or a meeting resource like that. So having something like that that's pre-done that can do you for two years is just invaluable.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, you know... The great thing, the way this has been designed is that you could wrap it around your own business. So although it's the fantastic hairdresser training and delivery and it's the whole concept, the very clever thing about this is that you just drop that into what you already do. So you could have a staff meeting and it might be, say, for example, there might be issues in a salon where, you know, someone's not growing their column. Well, in the training uh, box, there is one called Build Your Column. And that just takes you through the steps of how to build your column. So then, you know, as a salon owner, if you're having a thatcher issue in the salon, then you can bring that into the training session and get a good team discussion going, get ideas on how to build your column. There's loads of ideas in there how to do that. There's team exercises. So what you're doing is when they come away from that meeting, they're laser focused. And that's a real key thing. It's about getting everybody firing in the same direction.
0: That's exactly right. It it does sound fantastic, and, and I'm excited to go back and look at it again. Um, thank you for being on the show today, Steve, and sharing your story and sharing about Fantastic Hairdresser in Australia. Uh, for everybody listening in the show notes, I'll have links to Steve's pages and uh, the Fantastic Hairdresser, so you can go there and you can grab yourself the Fantastic Salon in
1: a Box. Yes, Fantastic Hairdresser in a
0: Box. Oh, Fantastic Hairdresser in a Box.
1: Okay, Steve, thank you very much, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Anthony. Good to speak to you as ever, mate. Cheers. Bye.
0: I hope you enjoyed that interview with Steve, and don't forget to check the show notes for links to the websites we mentioned throughout. It was great to have you here again, and we'll see you back here in two weeks for another episode of Anthony Presotto's Business Insider podcast. Thank you.